From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Danielle Findlay, and you can find her at daniellefindlay.com, and it's F-I-N-D-L-A-Y, and we're going to talk about movement today. We're going to talk about movement over 40, and that's something that's near and dear to my heart, Danielle, because I... I'm a fitness instructor as one of my many hats that I wear. And I know, and I've studied that, you know, senior fitness or fitness over 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, takes different forms. But one of the things that I've learned, and we did a, we did a radio show a couple um, weeks ago. So if you guys want to listen to that one too, you can go ahead and find it, you know, wherever you're listening to it, just look for Danielle Findlay in the, in the title or the body copy. Um, We talked in that episode a lot about, you know, kind of belief systems, and I'd like to extend that to this episode because our beliefs really shape our reality. And as we age, you know, we're not all, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, trying to win a Super Bowl at 45, but there are a lot of us who are also not ready to just give up and throw in the towel. But there are conditions that we need to attend to as we age. And, you know, mobility and flexibility to me are the two biggest things we want to move more. But in order to move more effectively, we can't lose our flexibility and our elasticity. So I love for you to talk about even yourself. Like I've noticed that when I sit too long, I get stiff. When I stand too long, I get stiff. If I don't stretch daily, I can see a big difference in the way I walk, tie my shoes, take the laundry upstairs. And I've been taking laundry upstairs for 20 years and it's different. It's not the same. I'm not the same body that I was 20 years ago, but yet in my head, I have this expectation of what I should be doing and how my body should be performing. Sandra, thank you so much for having me back. It's such a pleasure to be with you again. Um, I love talking about bodies, movement, um, and, you know, an aging body. I definitely said there's a couple key things that you said. I too, am, I'm in my late 40s. Mm-hmm. I come from, I've always moved. I've always, ever since I can remember, I, I was a, um, an, a, an athlete. I was a competitive ice skater for many, many years. And then I have always gravitated to some form of movement, whether that be boxing, swimming, uh, running, I was a marathon runner. Um, And, you know, allowing myself to well, I was doing it for, for a lot of the wrong reasons, because it was a, as a, it was a really negative body image. And I thought that I needed to exert myself to exhaustion to be able to have this healthy body exterior, right? Lots of learned behavior, very destructive pattern in my past. Um, and now that I'm in my forties, there's certain things. And, you know, in my clients who are coming to see me that we're having to learn about ourselves, our bodies change from day to day, 
based on emotion, based on environment, based on season, based on a lot of things. What we ate. Um, pardon me? What we ate. Oh, you know, if I go absolutely. out with my friends and we have burritos and chips and, you know, maybe a couple glasses of something. Oh my gosh. I am a different body for the next sometimes 24, 48 hours. Oh, absolutely. And do you know what? I'm going to tell you a quick story about that because I had such a destructive pattern and past with my eating, um, you know, and I was eating not to fuel. I was eating not to feel good. I was just eating a for comfort or not eating uh, based on emotion. Yeah, it was, there was, it was either one of the two I was going to eat because I needed to feel good or I wasn't going to eat because I wasn't feeling good. So when I finally seeked help with it many years ago, and one of the things that my therapist told me, she was like, okay, well, we're going to start finding the patterns of when you're hungry and da da da. she went on. And I was like, hungry. And she was like, yeah, you know, when your body tells you you're hungry. And I was like, my, my body doesn't tell me I'm hungry. She's like, oh, I get it. You've dieted for so much of your life that you have numbed the signal to tell your brain and your body when you're hungry. Totally half. I don't know when I was hungry. So I had to basically relearn how to feed my body mm -hmm. and the foods that my body felt good having that's in, you know, an, an Ayurveda practice, which is falls in line, it's a sister of yoga Ayurveda. And when you understand how how food feels in your body. It's called a VPAC. And it's, does my body feel energized? Does it feel heavy and sluggish? Do I need to sleep? Do I still feel hungry? You know, and you start understanding not only the appreciation of the food that's in front of you, the source, the nutritional value, um, and you have, and, and you start understanding and loving how you're fueling your body, not based on emotion or, you know, avoidance, numbing, especially during COVID, let's be honest there, because we're finding ways to cope during this pandemic, um, and how your body feels because of the things that you're eating. So in doing so, your body is going to move very differently. Danielle, I'm just going to jump in for a minute because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And I love Best Fiends. They've been with us for over a year now. I play them all the time. I play them with my sisters. I play them with my my friends all around the, the gosh, my, with my friend Frankie in Toronto and all over the country. It's really great way to stay connected and it's super fun. And, you know, remember when we were growing up, we used to play these board games. I mean, they would go on forever and we would we play shoots and ladders, we play Scrabble, we play all these fun board games. And we only played for the sake of enjoying ourselves and having something to do, having a good time with our friends. You know, winning was important, but it wasn't everything. And that's what I feel like what comes back to me when I play Best Fiends. And that's what I love about Best Fiends, because it feels like my brain got like a massage. It got, you know, a lot of fun. It went out and had fun with its other brain friends and then comes back and can go to work. And I find myself playing this game, like maybe I'm waiting in line or I'm waiting for the elevator at my office office, things like that. I can actually, you know, I whip my phone out and fire off a few rounds and it just makes me happy. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like it's, it's, it's a happiness generator. And I love that there's tons of fun puzzles with the right amount of challenge and strategy evolved. And it's way more fun than smashing candy over and over. And they have cute little characters and they have really good music. Like that's a big thing. Like some of the music drives me nuts, but this is really good music and you'll enjoy it. And the characters are cute. And when you beat up these slug Mageddons, it's like, it goes like pow, 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 pow. And then they're like punch, 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 punch 
lunch, I swear I can feel my aggression, you know, like my stress, just like all going down. Um, it's really fun. And I encourage you guys to try it because I really enjoy playing this game. And so download this five-star rated puzzle game. It's Best Fiends, Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's right. It's free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Friends without the R, Best Fiends. You're going to love it. I love it. Just give it a try. It's something fun and it just takes you away from the day-to-day. -day. And that's something that I really enjoy. Now we're talking today with Danielle Findlay and she was talking about, you know, we're talking about weight and diets and things like that. And she had some experience with an Olympian that I'd like her to share. I was speaking to somebody recently who struggled from bulimia and she was an Olympian and had been conditioned she needed to have a certain body type for her for her field and was bulimic and um her racing you know her her talent how quickly it, de it depreciated and um de it, 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 it she just couldn't do it it, she it evaporated it is the absolutely because i absolutely thank you you, mm -hmm. you know as a former you know eating disorder you know and treated for an eating disorder i don't know any woman athlete of their salt that achieved anything that doesn't have a complicated relationship with food, whether you want to call it, you know, I'm okay saying I had an eating disorder. I've told my kids, I tell my one son who's following in my footsteps with a lot of this, you know, that these are, you know, kind of part and parcel. I don't know if it's as true, Danielle, for the women athletes today, because I'm not around them enough to know what goes on in the bathrooms and the locker rooms. But I can tell you in the late 80s, early 90s, almost everyone was throwing up, binge eating, yeah. um, really guilty if you had something. I remember talking to my one swim partner and she's like, she's like, I had an apple today. I can't believe I ate it. And I'm like, now I look back and I go, and I was like, Oh, I know you're like, you know, wh what were you <laughs> thinking? You know, kind of thing. And, you know, now I look back to these conversations and you laugh, but you're laughing because there's a truth to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, thinking because I grew up, I mean, I remember my first diet when I was like 10 years old, I was put on a diet and, and I was not, the thing is, is I was a kid, I didn't, need to lose weight but I was that's when my eating disorder started and then my um, my father passed very unexpectedly when I was 16 and my mother's learned behavior now became mine because we're going to soothe so you know what we're going to eat a lot of fried chicken and we're going to eat a lot of sandwiches and pies and cakes because that emotion we're not going to talk about how sad you are or how <laughs> angry you are or anything no we're going to eat so then my dog died you know what it's terrible your dog died so why don't you go get some fried chicken so these are the patterns that I learned that you don't express emotion you just feed it because feeding it and I still to this day struggle with it because I have an addictive personality so when I quit smoking many 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 years ago it they, they switch unless you deal with your addiction it's going to move into something right. other kind of happened and I can tell totally. you like you know and it's good for us to talk about these because it I, you know I went through uh, domestic violence counseling after my marriage and I was convinced you know because I'd only been hit a couple times that I wasn't a domestic violence person like what am I doing here and then I'm like oh you mean that's domestic violence that's domestic violence well it was the same thing when I learned with my eating disorder that mine was based on fear Danielle 
if I was afraid, like if I was afraid that I wasn't going to be good enough, if I was afraid I was going to place, if it was afraid I was going to be, and that was everywhere in life. That wasn't just in the pool. That just wasn't in the soccer field. That wasn't in the, just in the academic field. It was every time something came up that was, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do it. I would eat. And even now as a, you know, over 40 company owner of a successful company. I have all this success in the world. When I get a new client, you know what the first thing I do is <gasps> I take this breath, I hold it and I walk in the kitchen yeah. looking for something. <laughs> and I have a thing on my refrigerator that says, stop, you can do it. Because I like, you know, 40 years. And even though I went through, you know, in college, I went through counseling for an eating disorder it's still there. Like you learn to live with it. It's like this little person that sits next to you going, well, wouldn't a bag of chips solve that problem? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, in the moment it does, it does. In that one moment is so comforting. It's like, Oh, I'm on top of the world. This feels great until it's not. And then the shame comes in and then it just starts spiraling into this really terrible, which is worse than the fear or the, whatever the emotion was to begin with. So, you know, in, 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 and you put that together with movement and you put that together to where we are at the stage in our lives where your bodies are not going to move like they did. I have to remind my husband who was a very competitive, big athlete that, you know, he's in his fifties and to remind him daily, you cannot play squash like you did when you were 20, right? You cannot run like you did when you were, you know, in your thirties, you're 50. So we need to adapt your movement, not you, you can't stop moving. You can't, right. you can't, that's not healthy. So we have to adapt in some way, shape or form. So, you know, a bike spin bike, let's do that. It's okay. great that you're walking downhill skiing is really great because you can adjust that movement. You don't have to be hitting moguls like crazy, like you did when you were in your early twenties. So we have to manage the movement based on what's happening with our bodies today. Right. And not compare yourself to the 20 something to the 30 something, you know, that happened to me when I did a breast cancer run and I was running around Dodger stadium and on my group, I was like grandma, you know, like, you know, in my fifties, I'm 20 Uh years older. And Uh some people were like, wow, you're so cool. Like you're my mom's age and you're running. And, you know, I was running for my mom who, who died from breast cancer. You know, I had her thing on my back and towards the end of it, I could see these girls and they were ahead of me. And Danielle, I was like, I'm not going to let them beat me. And I pushed myself so hard at the end of the race. It was total ego. It was total. And I did beat them. But then I was like, (laughs) three days, I couldn't sit up in bed. Uh Like my Uh student come over and take my arm and help me sit up. And I'm like, my abs hurt, my butt hurt, my legs hurt. Now, had I just kept my pace, I would have finished fine. I was okay with finishing, but I looked ahead and I thought, oh, they're the ones that call me grandma, you know, like behind my back. And so I just had to haul ass to beat them. And that was stupid because after I won, I didn't, I didn't feel like I won because I could see them slowing up. So I knew as long as I just got up, you know, like close enough and you know what I'm talking about and then turn on the gas and blow by them, they will never catch me. And I'm like, I am doing all of this for what? 
I went to run this thing to honor my mom's life. And I'm here trying to beat these two 20 somethings. And I'm going to say it, you guys can judge me all you want. I don't know where that competitive thing came from. I just looked and I'm like, if I just turn on the gas, I can get up and I can beat them. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like when we talk about like the way we're supposed to be thinking, this was not a 40 something sane thing to do. No, I totally agree. And I put myself in that exact same position recently because I needed to take up a winter sport. I'm not a winter person. I'm much better in the summer, but this year I was like, no, I'm going to cross country ski. But you know, where I live is Olympic village. Everybody's an Olympian. And I was so intimidated to go to the cross country, to the Nordic center that I didn't go for the longest time. I had my equipment, my gear, everything's ready. And I'm like, nope, because well, who am I? I'm not an Olympian. And I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel like just defeated by going up there. (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And then eventually I, I registered in a beginner program. And I thought, okay, this is really good. So I join, and there's uh, three other girls, four other girls, three other girls that are in this program. And I'm like, well, we're all beginners. This is great. But yet they're not beginners. I'm a beginner and they're not. So automatically I'm triggered. And I, in that exact moment, that first feeling of I'm, I, I'm competitive now, I had to always allow them to go first. So I didn't feel like I had to be the leader that I had to push myself beyond my capabilities and leave them in the dust for something that I've never done. And I don't even know how to do this for the sake of my ego. So when I took my Pilates teacher's training, same kind of deal. And, you know, again, because I have this competitive background and there's, there's beautiful, beautiful women in this program. Most of them are younger than me. There was only a couple girls that were around the same age as me. One of them is an Olympian. She went to the Olympics twice for gymnastics. You know what? I'm going to be like you. I'm going to backbend and I'm going to do all these things until I had to sit with myself and be like, what are you doing, Danielle? You've never been a gymnast. You've never gone to the Olympics twice. She is half of your age. Stop. And she's probably half your size. If she's a gymnast, she's probably a slip of paper. Oh my gosh. She'd blow over in a windstorm. (laughs) And you know what? But I mean, oh my God, these girls were so amazing. But I had to, I had to surrender to that. I really did because that was my own. Nobody made me feel like that. Nobody said I wasn't good enough. But in my head, I was like, if I don't, I'm not worthy. Right. So I had to change the way that I thought about my body and the movement. I could still complete the program. I could still cross country ski at my ability based on who I am today and the, and the condition and health of my body today, not the way it was 20 years ago. So we have to remember that the narrative that we tell ourselves and that ego, that's natural, that that's a natural ego. But at some point we have to, you know, befriend that ego. Right. And be like, you know what? It's okay because I'm so successful in the movement that I do today. Let's celebrate this movement that I do today, whether that be in whatever movement, because again, you can't stop moving, Sandra. Right. Gotta keep moving. Right. Our body and you can't need let to move. your thoughts, like, you know, like your thoughts sound just like my thoughts. It's like, you know, I remember when I first signed up with this, you know, this group to do this breast cancer run. And I'm like, you know, I look at all these girls and I'm like, you're younger than me. You're thinner than me. And I'm like, what am I doing on here? And it wasn't like, 
there was a prize. Like you get a medal yeah. if you roll across in a wheelchair. You know, there were people there, you yeah. know, doing the same race in a wheelchair. And I'm thinking, what am I, what am I doing to myself? Like, where did I get off track? Because, you know, nobody did this to me, no coach, no parent, no anybody, because I'm, you know, over 40 and I've been on my own longer than I've been an athlete in training. So, you know, like, you know, that's where I had to kind of like, look and go, what is that monkey chatter in my head? What is, what are the stories that I'm telling myself, like, am I telling myself a workout isn't valid unless it's a minimum of an hour and a half? Am I telling myself that, you know, I'm only valuable, you know, in this run for fun race team to raise money where there is no winner or loser that I somehow have to be number one on the team and beat people half my age. Like nobody did that Danielle, but me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your self-worth was on the line Yeah, and how you need to complete that quote unquote race to feel worthy of yourself. I'm worthy. I did this. I'm still good. My, you know, like my self-esteem has now been filled my void, that empty, you know, pocket of somewhere in my body has been filled for the moment. For the moment. And, right. and you throw away all the stuff you've done. Oh like my, my gosh, yes. Degree, my undergraduate degree, my, you know, my, my company, my kids, my minivan, being a single mom for 16 years in a tough Central, city. That means nothing. No, that, means that means nothing. nothing. You need to win that. You need to win that non-race. You need to win that non-race. <laughs> you need to, to beat those people who don't even remember your name. Yeah, it's natural. You know, it's natural. And the thing is, is that you're not alone. And I love that about this, these kind of platforms is we're reminded that we're not alone. So the shame that we experience for the days or months lifetime after that is this is the moment where we were reminded that it's okay to let that go. You know, we need to surrender to that and honor and honor the fact that your body lets you finish and win that non-race. And even though you couldn't move for the next three days, it still didn't let you down. It was basically a knock at the door being like, Sandra, maybe you made the, not the right decision, right. but I'm We're still here. Our, my, my muscles are mad at me because, Absolutely. you know, because I didn't treat them right. Absolutely. And you know what? I see it a lot with my clients when they come in and they get so discouraged and they're like, well, I can't do this. And I used to be able to do this yesterday or I used to be able to do this a year ago and I can't. And it's like, but you know what? You can't today. And that's okay. Celebrate where you are today and listen to where your body is. Listen to and really understand the messages that your body is giving you and that there's a lot of things in life that you don't have to live with. You just have to find a way to move your body differently. So I get a lot of back pain, a lot of back pain, people coming in here, a lot of lower back pain. Um, You know, well, let's talk about your abdominal muscles. Have you primarily used your back to make movement happen your entire existence? Chances are you have. So let's just find some abdominal muscles to have, you know, take some of that pressure off your back. Are you a quad dominant person? If you are, quads are first to the party. I'll carry it all. I'm going to make movement happen quad only. So no other muscle in your body has to move. So that, you know, when you find a modality that helps you understand how your body works in unison 
you know, you don't isolate certain muscle groups, then you build strength as a whole. Your body overall feels really strong. You know, yoga strong, Pilates strong. The, it's not, the idealism is not to be skinny. The ideal is to be at your perfect health. How does it feel when you wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning and my planters, you know, is really on fire. Did I eat some gluten more than I should have? Have I gained some weight during COVID? You betcha. That impacts my feet. Okay. I need to get into my feet and understand that a little bit more. Pay some attention. You know, my sciatica is on fire. If I don't have movement, that's my body's way of saying, Hey, Danielle, move your body. Right. Some movement in. Right. Mine Different types of movements. Mine is the calves yes. at night that feel like they're like little vices. And then my leg won't even extend. Like I want to sleep in a curled ball just so I stay in that seated position. And when I first started doing my nightly, you know, yoga class, oh my God, Danielle, my calves were like, like rocks, you know, and I, when you said quad dominant, I'm like, yeah, yeah I can do, I can hike, I can power up these. Totally. Hills. But seriously, do not ask me to sit cross-legged. Do not ask me to sit and play a game on the floor with my kids because I can't extend my legs. And, you know, that's when I, I really learned with some of the Pilates and the yoga movements, like you start to move them and they start to release. And when you do a really good, for me, like a really good bedtime practice, you lay down in bed and your whole body just goes, ah. Yeah, thanks you. Thanks, Sandra. Thanks for moving me in such a beautiful way today that we're strong, we're relaxed, we're open, we're not tight, we're not tense, we're not angry, we're just free. Our bodies become free. Quad dominance is going to be tight hips, really tight hips, especially if you sit at a computer. So your hip flexors are going to be like, you know, that hip flexor is so tight that doing any kind of extension is going to be incredibly discomforting. So we only move in ways that our body likes. Really, we need to kind of move in the ways that our body doesn't like so we can open and figure out how, you know, in in the ways that we're restricted. You know, another big thing that I see is people who are really big um, movers. Okay. They go hard. They do CrossFit and they do HIIT training and they're, you know, running and they're doing all these things, but they don't properly cool down or stretch. Mm. They don't honor their body after the fact to be able to give them just that beautiful openness and stretch those muscles that you've just pounded, like hard pounded, release them, relax them. They actually should at least for the same amount of time that you've exerted those muscles, spend that time relaxing them, paying them attention, massaging them, loving them. Right. Loving them. Like one of the things they had us do in one of my classes that I took, which was really funny because I kept laughing, but now I get why they're like, okay, stretch out and like rub your own feet, stretch those toes apart. They're like, put your hands on your calf and really love your calf. And I'm like, hi, little calf, you know, and I'm thinking it's kind of silly, but now I get it because it's like, and when you do that, your body relaxes in a different way. Oh, we just cut out Sandra. Sorry. 
Oh, I was, okay. So when you, sorry, when you massage it, it relaxes in a different way. Is that what you just you said? It, it, re, it relaxes in yeah. a different way. Like I was telling Absolutely. a funny story how I'm like, oh, hi, little calf. Like, hi, calf friend. Like, I'll rub you, little calf. I'll rub you, little foot. And then I'm like, oh, like, and it was different than when you go like get a pedicure or manicure and they rub your legs. Like, that's all nice and everything. But when you honor your body yeah. and you put your own energy toward it, it's different. And, you know, that's why, like, you really have to try these things. Cause if you're, you know, if you're not an athlete, that's, you know, great. But if you're an athlete and you have all these preconceived ideas, come and try some of this stuff because you'll be amazed at how your body responds. You'll be amazed at how, um, non-conditioned your body is. I get that a lot too. I get people coming in their egos. Like, have you seen the outside of my body? Look at how strong I am. I'm an, a triathlete and I do all these things. And it's like, okay, come and do some Pilates moves. And they become like, I had a woman just break down and start crying. She's like, my body is strong and I can't do this. And it's like, wow. Okay. So there is a disconnect in your body because you're thinking just because you're strong that you can do any movement. That's not the case at all. Okay. You've, you've used certain muscle groups to make movement happen. I'm asking you to use different muscles, your entire body to make movement happen. And sometimes those muscles have it, have never been used. Pilates is about strengthening the muscles that surround your spine, deep, deep, deep muscles. You probably haven't used them and you've been using your back outside of conditioning your abdominal muscles or vice versa. <laughs> really great at doing sit-ups, really awesome at doing all of these things with our abdominals, but what's your back like? Right. You know, how, how, how hard are you using or overusing certain muscles to make movement happen? I see that a lot with flexibility as well. There's a lot of people who have hyper mobility. So they lock into joints, knee joints, elbow joints, shoulder joints. And it's like, okay, that's really not good. Awesome, but not good. So let's pull it back a little bit and find strength somewhere else. Let's, let's, let's use other muscles because by hyperextending, you're putting added pressure into your joints. Once your joints are gone, that's it. Right. Right. So we want health, health versus, you know, you want vitality versus vanity. I have a, a, I know a Pilates teacher who that is her brand. That's her, that's her tagline. That's her mantra vitality over, you know, vanity. Because it's not always about it. Well, it's never about how your body looks. It is because you want to be self-confident in your skin, but the health of your body is so important. And we need to take a minute just to really appreciate. So I love the story about how you're rubbing your calf, take some oil, take some massage oil, rub your belly, rub the underside of your arm, rub these areas that don't often get a lot of your attention and love. Right. Well, and, you know, we know what our bodies can do as athletes. Like, you know, like I know even, even, you know, 25 years later, I can still do butterfly. I can still do backstroke. I, I already know my body can do that. That's no big whoop. But what I was excited to find in Pilates and in yoga was like, ooh, like there's other things my body can do. And in some of the instances, most of the instances, it was 
really hard for me. You know, they were poses, things, you know, positions, workouts that I, I, I didn't even know there were muscles in some of these places. But that to me was exciting because if you're really an athlete, you want to see what your whole body can do. Like I already know what my biceps can do. I already know what my quads can do. I know I have calves like bowling balls and you know, you can, I can do any calf thing under the sun, but what I can't do is more interesting to me as I age than what I can. Absolutely. And that is so key and so important because you're embracing that stage of your life right now and what you can do. And you can always learn. We can always take, you know, where we are today and the condition of our body today and work to, you know, you to, to, to strengthen who we are in this moment. Everybody can move. We just got to figure out how to move that body. Yeah. I mean, and it's fun. You know, it's fun. Like I had the other night, I had this really big sense of accomplishment because I did this one pose and I'm like, all of a sudden I like eased into it and my whole body just went, ta-da. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when that happens? It's just such a rush because you want to celebrate. Where's my champagne? Because did you see? And you want to say to people, did you just see what I could do when really that's not what it's about? But it's like, I just did something that I haven't been able to do. Right. That was a home run for me. Like that was a home run for, you know, and that's what I'm starting to change my mindset around instead of looking in the past and going, okay, you know, what did I do back then and trying to force my body to try to do those things? Instead, I'm really, you know, part of my practice has taught me to look forward to new challenges and, and different things that my body can do, because I don't have the, the, the hubris or the ego, like I think, and I'm not going to name his name, but you know, there are professional, like basketball players or golfers who think they could just walk in and be a professional baseball player. Like, you know how they're like all of a sudden like, Oh, I'm going to go try out for this because you know, and and to me, it's always so insulting because I think of all the baseball players or basketball players or golfers who are like, you know what I've worked 20 years to get to where I am. And you think because you can, you know, shoot a basketball or hit a golf club or golf ball, that you're somehow going to waltz into another professional sport and, and be that good. And, you know, we all have to check ourselves. And instead of going like, I'm just going to waltz in and expect to be good at this. It's like, you start from the beginning and you either did sports for one of two reasons, Danielle. And I really believe this. You did it for yourself or you did it for everybody else. And if you did it for everybody else, you're not going to love the challenge of a new sport. But if you did it for yourself and mine was mixed, you know, mine was, was both myself and others. But once I got over the age of doing anything competitive, you have to make that choice. Why are you doing it? And I did it because I wanted the challenge. I wanted to see what I could do. In this new, like I look at yoga and Pilates as a new sport. I looked at cycling as a new sport for me and there's no award. There's no medal. There's nobody cheering for me because I did a triangle pose perfectly in my bathroom at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of Los Angeles. (laughs) But you know what? You can celebrate that and you can have a party for yourself and be super happy that you've done something to your body to help better it for its health. I believe that people are naturally like have an athletic ability and you know, I'm not that person. I have to work 
to be able to have movement happen. I love to sweat. I'm one of the rare people. I love it when I can have sweat running down my face. And I, I'm not a cardio person, but I like to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And I like to understand how my body moves. And if I find that, you know, I broke my wrist when I was eight years old. So any planking or mm-hmm. anything where I'm on my, you know, on my wrists. But when I, once I understood that when I am in a plank and I push it to the back and I use my feet and my feet take some of that weight I take it off my shoulders off of my chest off of my fingers and I get longer because again your spine health is the most important if you do not have spine health to be able to maneuver to be able to get down on the floor and play with your grandbabies and get back up to be able to fall you know in my Canadian winter there's ice everywhere and it's so disastrous and you want to help you know prepare yourself in the event god forbid that you do fall as we age, that you do have the capabilities to be able to get up. You know, you have the flexibility, you have the, you know, ability, muscle strength in your body to make movement happen. Joseph Pilates, that's what, that's what his belief was. Every, he wanted people in their nineties to be able to move, to sit down on the ground and get back up and tie your shoe and not to succumb to your age. Right. Of what we feel that I'm at X age, my body can't move. Mm-hmm. I call I call BS on that. Your body can move, but you have to adapt how your body moves. That's all. And right. it does not mean that you need to go to the Olympics when you're in your 70s. That's not what it's about. But you do need to continue moving for the health and betterment of your life. Because your mind, body, spirit is dependent on movement. You have to be able to move because the quality of your life, God forbid, is taken from you and you're unable to move, how that impacts your spirit, how that impacts your mental, that's devastating. Right. Right. Well, you know, so we need to take advantage. You know, my dad is 87. He lives with me. I took him in after my mom died. And, you know, so I have teenagers and then I have me and then I have my 87 year old dad and he crawls out of the lazy boy and he gets on the floor and he puts one knee up. He puts the other knee up. He amazing leg over like that. He pulls and, you know, he needs assistance. We have this like little bench, like it was like tell you a pottery barn like kids table, you know, for like when the kids are really little and they sit on the floor and play games, but it's sturdy and it's wooden. It supports them. So he uses that to get himself up in the chair, but I'm like every day, dad, you have to get down and do your exercises, you know, and he gets down on the floor and then he gets back up and he has to do that a couple times, you know, to finish his exercises. Then he sits in a kitchen chair, he holds a yoga block and he gets up and down out of the chair without using his hands. And he's not any great athlete. He's 87. He's probably 50 pounds overweight, but he's moving. But he's moving. That's so beautiful. And that's so important because we need to continue moving. I think that that is just such a, you know, you know, again, because your dad is never going to feel terrible for moving. He's not going to feel worse off because of movement. And it doesn't matter what the movement is. My mom's in her late seventies. You know, she's just a spitfire. She recently jumped on a treadmill, something malfunctioned. And you know what? She starts off and, you know, it starts off gradual and then she increases it. It actually started at the opposite end. So it catapulted Mm -hmm. her off. She fell and she broke her arm. 
she's in her seventies and her biggest battle right now is that she's not able to drive. She's really angry. I can't drive. I can't do these things. I have to rely on everybody else. And it's like, mom, but if you think just for a moment, how bad that actually could have turned out, but then give yourself and your body congratulate and be thankful that your body is healing and that you were able to get on the treadmill to begin with. Right. You, you know, didn't like, break your back. You didn't no. break your back. And you, Absolutely. you haven't given away your health. I think that's the biggest thing that I have, especially with, you know, going through all these cancer treatments is when I look at things now, I go, is that going to bring me health or am I giving away my health? You know, and I, I have this thing where I'm like, I'm mad at smokers right now. And it's, it's completely unreasonable. I never smoked. I don't know why I'm mad at them, but I think, you know, I look at smokers and I'm like, you're giving away your health. Like you're, you know, you're giving away your health or if people sit too much or my friends who I used to go out with and kind of hang out and eat and drink on a Friday night. I mean, you know, before COVID, but I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to go and sit and eat a bunch of food. Like, you know, that I don't want to eat that doesn't make my body feel good for the sake of being social. So I really kind of look at things differently going, am I giving away my health or am I keeping my health? And, you know, if my health is taken away from me, Danielle, because you know, it was with this treatment and with this cancer that I had, um, it was taken away from me for a while. So now like I'm working hard to get it back, but I don't want to give it away. And so even just looking at what you do during the day, are you keeping your health or are you giving it away? Absolutely. And that also stands for not just physical, it's mental, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we were living in a pandemic. We're in constant crisis and reach. We need, we need to talk about it. People need to talk about that because that's also part of their health. It's not, it doesn't all just boil down to your physical health because your mental and your spiritual health play such a huge part in your overall health. So if you're at a desk, you're physically hurting your body. If you're not getting up just to move, just to stretch, just to get away from your desk. If you're not stepping away and going outside and just getting a breath of fresh air or stopping on your way home and you're super frustrated and you're in traffic just to be thankful, you know, or just breathe, connect with your breath, walk down the street, stop for a moment, look at your surroundings, smell a flower. The littlest things in your day contribute to your, the biggest overall health, right? Right. Absolutely. And if anybody wonders about, you know, the, the kind of the connection between the mind and, you know, the body and, and your activity level, it's like, look at the story you're telling yourself, you know, are you telling yourself you're too busy, you're too tired, you're, you know, and then yet, you know, cause I hear this a lot of times with my peer friends, it's like, okay, you're too tired to go to the gym with me, but you're not too tired to go out and eat and meet for drinks and everybody stay out till 11 o'clock at night. Like these are the things where, you know, you kind of have to look at what is the story you're telling yourself? What are the stories you're telling other people? What comes out of your mouth? Absolutely. You know, those, that's a really good indicator of, you know, where you are. And, you know, a lot of times we can deceive ourselves. I can tell my kids, I'm really tired. I have to go to bed at night. And then I turn on Netflix and all of a sudden, oh, totally. like, you know, like, wow, look at it. It's like a miracle. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we all do it. We yeah. all can find excuses in our day, but at some point we need to just be honest with ourselves of what's important and really recognizing, you know, like when I was in corporate, I was bending over backwards. I was busy. I was always busy, oh, yeah. go, but go, go. D- 
like feeling that I was deserving of a medal for because I was so busy. That is ridiculous. That is, I am not the busiest person in the world, but yet I filled up every single moment of my calendar to make me feel success because I wanted to be absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. Why? What kind of life is that? That that's what I wanted to achieve was exhaustion. I was no better ahead. I didn't win a race. I didn't get a medal. I just put added stress and tension into my life because it came down to micromanaging my time. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything was just the more I could cram in, the yep. busier I was, but I was avoiding so many other things yep. that I really didn't want to, you know, have a head on with right. and really have a heart to heart with myself. Oh, so if I avoid that and just fill it, fill my time, fill it with other things that I'm just avoiding. I can avoid it. I'm not lonely. I'm not upset. I'm not traumatized. I'm not sad. I'm not frightened. I'm not totally. any of these things. And that's what I think, you know, COVID has done. I think it's really challenged a lot of relationships, you know, because people can't go to the gym and avoid their spouse anymore. They're stuck home with them, you know, or their kids and their parents have to work into a different relationship because everybody's together, you know, where we've lost a lot of these distractions. And I'll be honest, sports, and competitive working out and all those things, they're a great distraction. They can keep you from your troubles, from your problems. They can extend relationships far longer than they needed to be because it's also, it's like a really healthy, but it can be an unhealthy escape. Oh, absolutely. You know, COVID has been a really big eye-opener and you know on many on many levels but I have seen so much destruction around me of people's relationships including relationships with themselves because it's very common for me to ask people how are you doing fine everything is really great is it though is it really great because maybe we need to talk about that so Mm -hmm. then we start talking about it to realize that maybe it's not so great but getting them to talk about it is either that or how are you feeling I don't know Okay, so tell me an emotion you're feeling. I don't know. There's don't the numbing. Know. Right. Yeah. Just We're not- just going to numb. We're just going to numb through this. Great. So how much are you drinking? How much drugs are you taking? How much are you eating? Like, how, what, much, how are you coping? Are you watching, you know, how much Absolutely. watching are you doing? I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, there's healthy limits to all of these things. And just because something's an activity that promotes health doesn't mean you're using it in a healthy way. Yeah, it's true. And I feel for people who use um, or are, you know, have the capabilities of going to a gym and that was their outlet. I, my, my, my heart goes out because if they don't have it, they've had to find other ways of, of coping because it's basically how are, how are we dealing and coping during these times? I gained 20 pounds because that's my learned behavior. I need to feel safe. I need to feel that, you know, that a scarcity. I was in panic mode. I'm going to eat. I need a lot. I baked a lot. Everybody must be starving because I'm just going to keep baking and I'm going to keep eating. And, you know, when I stepped on the scale, um, you know, in February, because it had probably been just under a year since we started COVID and I stepped on the scale and I saw that number and I was like, wow. And my initial reaction wasn't like, oh, how did that happen? It was like, well, of course it did. Right. Maybe you shouldn't eat, ch- ch- you know, cheesies and chocolate watching TV at night. 
How's yep. about just how's about just changing that habit, Danielle, yep. and see what happens? Oh. So you know, because the spiraling that can happen when yep. we're put out of our comfort zone. We live in a box, right? Everybody likes their little comfort. Sure. We like to be in our little comfort zone. And now we've all globally, every single human being on the face of this earth has been rocked by, in some way, shape or form by this pandemic. Oh, absolutely. And you know, certain things like I did that were so out of character for me, like I have, I've had to kind of re-examine my whole eating thing because I, I was never a creamer in a coffee or creamer in a tea person. And then my son buys this hazelnut, I don't know, it's delicious goodness, whatever it is. I didn't realize it was like 200 calories, but I would have like three or four a day because it's yes. cold. I'm one mm-hmm. one. And then all of a sudden, then I'm like, I'm no longer measuring it. I'm just pouring it in. Like, yeah. and, and he called me on it one morning. He says, mom, you realize he goes, you just put like 300 calories worth of creamer in there Yeah, because it was so good and it was so comforting and it was warm. It was like, it was like a hug and a cup. It's a hug. It's a yeah. hug. And when we're in this time where there's no physical contact, because that's, that's that's part of our makeup. Yep. We need physical, you know, even seeing people, the whites yep. of people's eyes. We need to touch. I'm, I'm a, I'm a tactile person. I love to touch. I love to teach by touching. This has really, really rocked me to the core because there's no touching. Right. And I'm having a hard time with that. I'm thankful that I have a companion, that I have a husband that probably is like, can you stop touching me? But I'm like, I need to touch. I just need to hold on. But we have been pushed out of our norm, our social norms, our family, everything norms, you know, and we're trying to build a new way of being and it's really difficult so some things like our physical might have gone to the wayside we might not be physical anymore you know I live in a world where I live primarily in pants that have spandex me too when am I going to put a button on right because my spandex just keeps growing so in my head I'm like I haven't gained any weight my pants still fit well of course they fit stretchy pants stretch right they just keep going (laughs) <laughs> right. They just keep going. They keep going. They keep oh. growing. Well, I would keep you know? going with you all day. Um, oh. but I need to are we work. done? Oh, that's quick. It's always so done. lovely. We are yeah, done. Good. So you guys, if you loved what you heard today, go to Danielle Findlay, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Findlay, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. And check her out. And you guys just move. Just, just walk Yeah, just move. Out. Just move. Don't even worry about where you're starting, how far you're going, what you're doing. I find myself walking from the kitchen to the living room, to the dining room, to my office and back when the weather is bad. Just move. You'll be glad you did. Your body will thank you. There's lots of cool classes online. Go ahead and try one. And the best part of it is, Danielle, if you can't fit into your workout clothes, Nobody matters because you're doing it in nope. your, your kitchen. Totally. Absolutely. And I love that. And thanks again for having me, Sandra. I really appreciate it. And that is absolutely so true. That message, just keep moving, moving your body and loving your body. Yep. It's still here. You're still alive. You're still kicking. Still alive. Exactly. All right. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. 
Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 